Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier. I'm so glad you're back. So glad you're here with us again. And we are so glad to be a part of your walk with Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, my beloved is here. And before we get into this episode, darling, will you open us up in prayer, please? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for again, another opportunity to be in your presence Thank you, and to learn more about you and the structure that you have for every believer in Christ, every member of your family, the heavenly community, and every member of your kingdom Thank you, to learn and to operate in and within. And we thank you, Lord that you're here and you have your Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. who we, we give free access. Okay, and have your way, Jesus. Exactly, Thank to you. have your way in this place, mm-hmm. not just where we're at, but in the homes and the environments of the listeners, mm-hmm. that they can not only learn and listen, but receive all the instruction, the wisdom, the knowledge, the counsel, and the understanding to operate and enact mm-hmm everything that you have for them in the destiny track for their lives, Lord. Mm-hmm. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We consider it done. Yes, Giving Lord. you the glory, the honor, and the yes, praise. Lord. Yes, Lord. Because Hallelujah. with you, we can do, and with and in you, we can do all things. Yes, Lord. But without you, we can do nothing. So all mm-hmm. of it belongs to you. Yes, Lord. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive Amen. It. Amen. Amen. Thank you, darling. All right. So today's episode is Chain of Command Part 2. We're still continuing to discuss the chain of command in the kingdom and where we fit in. So our springboard scripture today is going to be Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Please, my darling. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ephesians 1 said 22... And 23. All right. It says, And he put all things in subjection under his feet Mm. and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. Thank you, darling. Mm -hmm. So the uh, let's just look at the scripture for a second. And he put all things under his feet. That's the father putting all things under Christ's feet. And yeah. the father gave Christ to be the head over all things to the church, which is the Messiah's body. Mm-hmm. And the fullness of him who fills all in all. So as we're looking at that, you know, that also gives us a, a hint and an indicator of what's what's to come in the chain of command. And we, we talked about before, God is the head. God is um, the oh, we chief. Could just, we could just read the scripture. Okay. Right? Thank you, honey. That's Colossians 1, 18. He is also head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Glory to God. Amen. So in this particular 
lesson, you know, one of the key points is that Christ is the commander of the armies of the Lord. We talked about in the previous episode that within the Godhead, there is equality in being God. They're all equally God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but there's a willing submission to the order set forth by the Father. Because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's unique and individual roles and divine fellowship in carrying out those roles. There's not um, competition. There's no... um, I'll say like a negative sense of overlap or anything like that. Holy Spirit has his role. Christ Jesus has his role and the father has his role. And those, each of them respects the other. So Christ is the head of all things to the church. We just discovered that we just read that in the word. And if you have come into relationship with Christ as your Lord and savior, then you are a part of the church. Now, this is not the building structure that people go to meet at. That is a church building. The church is the body of Christ, and it's made of of individuals who are the temples of the Most High God, where the Lord desires to dwell. So because Christ is the commander of the armies of the Lord, and that includes the church itself and the host of heaven or the the angel armies that we, we hear about, but once we became born again once Christ was raised from the dead and the body of Christ was officially initiated mm-hmm. there became more participants in that army force that the Lord has so if we look back historically through the word of God Christ didn't just come on the scene when we see him appear in human form he was always here right he is in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word is god the same was in the beginning with god and there was not anything that was made without him so he's all existent ever existent just like god the father is and holy spirit however his role before he put on flesh was the commander of the armies of the lord the lord of the, the heavenly armies exactly um Darling, Actually, you have some you, thoughts you, about that? I did, yes. Uh, I mean, let's just go right to the scripture, right? You see that in Joshua chapter 5. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll begin in verse 13. Okay. Uh, the key verse is 14. But we'll, you know, have a little preface, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So it says, Now it came about when Joshua was in Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or our adversaries? And he said, No. Rather, I indeed come now as captain of the hosts of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's hosts said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Amen. So just understanding, this is talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll give you a second example. Okay. And we have this with Gideon Mm -hmm. in Judges chapter 7. And the Lord is speaking with Gideon, and this is where there is the... 300, it gets down to 300 people. Mm-hmm. But he says to him, the Lord said to Gideon, this is in chapter 7, 
I'll start in verse 4. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, he shall go with you. But everyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, as well as everyone who kneels to drink. So so do you see what happened there? The Lord is speaking with Gideon, but the Lord, clearly talking about Jesus, said very plainly, I will show you how to test them, or I will test them for you. So who can fight and who is going to be a hindrance? Or exactly. Mm-hmm. But who would know that except for the head of the army <laughs> or the head of the heavenly hosts? Amen. So he not only knows how to fight, but he knows how to train and prepare those for warfare. And to spot a warrior amongst a crowd of exactly. non-warriors. They're there, but their heart is not to fight. They don't have the skill or the um, understanding of what's so what required of a... The different difference or differentiation between the elite force, mm-hmm. special forces, or in this case, God's warriors, mm-hmm. and those of the conventional forces of the army. There's a, a huge, a vast difference. Amen. In mindset, heart, attitude, well, heart, spirit, soul, and body, mm-hmm. right? But also heart, mind, flesh, very different. Mm-hmm. And even the people that are just there because a call went out, exactly. you know, they're, they're, they're regular farmers or things of that nature, and they're they're not interested in the fight, but they went because they had to. There, there was a need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God appreciates them showing up. And but then there are very specific roles and operations that need to be done by specific people with specific and and certain skill sets, mm-hmm. and it's not always for the conventional forces to do. Amen. Amen. And we are. That elite force. We are making our way. That's what we're training up to be right now. Mm -hmm. And by making our way, I don't mean we're preparing it. I mean, we're heading in that direction. Following (laughs) the Lord's game plan. That's right. So Christ is the commander of all the armies of the Lord. That includes the church, who we are, and the angelic host. Now, because he has been, he, because Christ faithfully completed the mission that the father assigned to him. He won authority and right to be elevated and exalted above um, his companions and above Mm -hmm. everyone else. In particular, first Adam, the last Adam did something that the first Adam did not do. Exactly. So he is the head of all things to the church, which is his body. And we read that in Ephesians 1, 22 through 23. Um, as Christ is the commander, that naturally leads us to the understanding that what? You follow the commands of your commander, right? And, and the commander in chief, especially. Exactly. And who he is all of those things, because we also read that the father is the one who put him over us Mm -hmm. and the father is the one who put all things under his feet so the father is sitting back like yes my son's got this Mm -hmm. and christ likewise is delegating roles and responsibilities to his body which is natural right when you look at yourself your head sends a signal to your hands (laughs) to scratch your nose to grab the cup Mm -hmm. of water to you know do whatever else needs to do the hands do send 
messages back to the head. So like if you touch something and it's hot, the brain doesn't tell the hand that it's hot. The hand says a signal and the head interprets the signal coming from the hand and says, ah, hot. And, and then sends the, the next command mm-hmm. for what that, or the brain sends the next command for what that hand should do. In response. Exactly. Right. But the hand is not telling the head what to do because of lack of understanding has been widely held and um, I'll say taught or passed down or spread through the church, having a carnal mindset. We've thought that because we're joint heirs with Christ, that means we're joint commanders with Christ. And that's not the case Mm-mm. because <clears throat> we are subject to him, willingly subject, but subject nonetheless, because Amen. if you are not subject, then you're not a son or a daughter. If you're not under that authority, you're not a son or a daughter and you are a rogue operative and mm-hmm. a tool of the adversary because there's only one kingdom that you can be under. There's there's a, one of two choices. So it's important that we understand that it's our obligation to obey the commands of the commander in chief and that is Christ. And that also means for us not to substitute our plan for the one that God has already created. The father set the course. He laid that course and shared it with the son, right? He gave the, the course to the son, carry these tasks out. The son willingly obeyed and continues to do such. Mm-hmm. So father, son, and Holy Spirit have already worked it out. <laughs> what <laughs> needs to be done? The plan has been laid since before the foundation of the world. All we need to do is follow, agree with the Lord, believe what he says, and follow him to whatever he tells us to do. What we were just talking about with with Gideon. Mm -hmm. Gideon was the head of the army, but he was under subjection to the Lord because it's really the Lord's army. No different than when Solomon said, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm leading these people, but who can lead these people of yours? That's right. So talking about the subjection, the being humble mm-hmm. and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm under your authority. Mm-hmm. No different than a centurion. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at an example of this in the scriptures of what happens when we try to substitute our plan for the Lord's and how the Lord feels about that. Mm. Um, so we're going to look at first Samuel chapter 15 verses one through nine. And then we're going to flip over to chapter 10 and look at verses, uh, I'm sorry, verses 10 through 35 as well. So 1 through 9 and then 10 through 35. All right. First Samuel 15, 1 through 9 it says, Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. Now he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up, Excuse me. While he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has, and do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Then Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the sons of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. So Saul defeated the Amalekites 
from Havilah as you go to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, and lambs, and all that was good, and were not willing to destroy them utterly. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Okay. So we heard the instruction that the Lord gave, and the Lord of hosts, we know that's the Lord, the Messiah, we just mm-hmm. covered that, told him to do something. And as he went along the way, he started out doing it, but then changed his course, and or he was swayed by the people as well. Well, the other piece in the instructions, and, and this is important for everyone, he also provided the warning, he said, Listen utterly, or sorry, listen carefully, right? Mm -hmm. That you are not in the same boat as these other individuals, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's important for us to understand. We need to follow the instructions, if you will, to the letter. Amen. We don't get to deviate from the course and say, okay, well, I just adopted a a new <laughs> a semi plan right exactly i built off the main plan but let me do this other thing mm-hmm. listen carefully he says right mm-hmm. but it says and your translation sure. might say um now therefore heed the voice of the word exactly of the Lord. Mm-hmm. that means pay attention to heed mm-hmm. something means to pay close attention to careful attention and look upon it like listen carefully that's exactly what heed means Exactly. And do it. So let's let's not exclude that part as well. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then when you look down in verse 9, it says, But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep. That tells you about the eye that the people had and the eye that Saul had. Whatever they thought was good, whatever thought they could use for their own benefit, their own gain, whatever they thought um, to be worth something, they were unwilling to utterly destroy even though the Lord told them to destroy it. The Lord has his purpose. It doesn't have to make sense to our natural mind. And in most cases, I'll tell you that it probably won't until your heart is cultivated to know and see and think and perceive in the way that the Lord does. And when you, once you learn to yield, like Lord, your perspective, I know it's right. And you're only going to say what's right and good and righteous. You'll believe the Lord when he speaks. But when there's a little bit of um, your own, objectives, your own perspective, still um, rolling around in your soul, if you will, you will have the same kind of perspective and go, well, I don't see the reason I need to do it this way. I don't see the point, God. What? Why can't I have this? Or why shouldn't I do these things? And the Lord does not explain himself in that way. He gives us enough information to make a choice and enough information that we can obey successfully what he told us to do. Now, if he says that it needs to be destroyed, he is righteous, right and holy. It needs to be destroyed. If he says that it's good and it's uh, worth something, like when he talked to Peter on the rooftop, mm-hmm. when he was telling Peter to go minister to the people, Peter said, I'm not going to touch anything unclean. And God said, don't call unclean what I've already called clean. Exactly. Because he is the judge. He is the righteous one. We are benefiting from his righteousness and he welcomes us into it through Christ Jesus, but we do not set the standard or set the terms. We follow it. So 
their eye said, I don't understand. I think I can use this. I think I should have this. I, 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 despite what their commander said to them. And now let's look at verses um, 10 through 35 to see how the Lord felt about this. All right. Beginning in verse 10 says, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel arose early in the morning to meet Saul. And it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Caramel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, and turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ear? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Wait, and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak. Samuel said, Is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Samuel, or Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And I've brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choicest of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Mm -hmm. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and listened to their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul seized the edge of his robe and it tore. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor, who is better than you. Also, the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Then he said, I have sinned, but please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel, and go back with me that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back following Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came in 
or came to him cheerfully. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death has passed. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah. But Saul went up to his house at, Gil- at Gebeah, excuse me, of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. For Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted he had made Saul king over Israel. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Wow. There's a lot contained in that. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, there's, there's something I want you to go back and meditate on. And you read through, these, uh, read through this chapter again by yourself and just sitting before the Lord. But we're gonna, we are going to talk about it um, here as well. But this is something that you're going to need to meditate over and over mm-hmm. on so that you get the full weight of what's being said here and what the Lord's response, response and what's being done. The Word of God is a mirror for us to examine our own lives. It's also an opportunity to hear and to observe and see and become uh, come to understand the heart of God. Now, we read in this that God gave Saul specific instructions. Amen. And Saul partly obeyed those instructions because he had his own agenda and his own mind. And he... Um, well, let's, if I could um, interject here. He had his own mind, his own agenda. But like you were saying, we, the, the command of the Lord, the word of the Lord, applies to us first. Amen. Now, if we go back and we look at both of these sections, right, mm-hmm. the whole chapter, mm-hmm. what the Lord was saying was, hey, listen to my word, my command. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other, the other part, right? Mm-hmm. The... Kenites mm-hmm. had the opportunity to separate themselves, to come out from Amalek and the Amalekites, mm-hmm. right? In order to be spared. If they mm-hmm. chose to remain, mm-hmm. they would also have been destroyed. Had the same fate as... As the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. So, be- so here we have Saul, who gave that order and that command, mm-hmm. because it was also part of the instruction, Right. Because he said, go to the Amalekites. Yes, the Amalekites, them. not the Kenites. Right. So there was the opportunity to set themselves apart. Saul had already been set apart, mm-hmm. but yet chose to take in some of what needed to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Putting himself, and so we'll say it this way first, not applying the word of the Lord to himself first, mm-hmm. to be obedient and to to fulfill all that he was commanded to do, which put him in the same place and path as the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, let's me let read something here in Ephesians in comparing, um, this is Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to compare, oh, let's see. Oh, what verse it is? Oh goodness, let me let me go back and look at that. But um, we're going to c- compare what the Lord says about the Messiah. I'm sorry, this is Philippians two. I was looking at the wrong scripture. That's why I couldn't see it. Pardon me. All right, so let's let's look at verse five um, of Eph- uh, Philippians chapter two, and then we'll just read down. It says, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who." 
being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So you have two people, right? Christ being equal with God said, I will humble myself and obey you, Father, in absolute obedience from beginning to the end. I won't take any ways of my own or for myself or try to exalt or preserve myself in any way, shape or form. But I'm going to do all that you commanded me to do, even to the cost of my very own life (laughs) and sinless life at that, which makes it that much more valuable. No one else can make that claim that they're sinless. Um, Amen. Amen. And so because of that, God said, aha, thank you, my son, well done, and was able to exalt Christ Jesus because of that divine obedience. So because as he is, as Christ is in this world, so are we. That means that he set the example and that's what we're supposed to follow. Now, contrasting that with Saul's perspective, Saul had no less of a mission. It wasn't he wasn't the Messiah, but he was assigned with what God assigned him to do. Amen. And that however meant, great or small that was perceived to right, be right. It was it was appropriate for his life and what God mm-hmm. equipped him with. Amen. So he had a grand mission of being king, but he had individual missions amongst that grand mission of being king of Israel. And God asked him to do one thing because God had judged, right? He had mm-hmm. this this one mission. God had made a judgment and said, I want to use you as my tool. Not, not in a bad way, but I want to use you to carry this out. Go do what I said. And then let's look at verse 20, uh, 23. I'm sorry, 22 and 23 of 1 Samuel 15. It says something very powerful here. It says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices or, or your good ideas as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, or your translation, honey, says insubordination, is mm-hmm. as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So on one hand in Christ, we see exaltation Absolutely. because he obeyed the voice of the Father. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we see rejection for Saul because he disobeyed. He rebelled against and was insubordinate to the command of the Lord. That's a military term, insubordination. If you've never served in the military... um, So is rebellion. Exactly. The militaries are sent to squash rebellions. Mm -hmm. And and only rebellions that are successful are called revolutions. Mm -hmm. And that, the rebellion part of it, that's more so for the, the natural military, that's termed for an outside force. But when you're within the ranks and mm-hmm. you are disobeying the chain of command that's set for, before you, insubordination is a, a legal term that they use to... Um, that's a punishable offense. Ex- thank They're you. They're going to bring you through the uh, judicial process, or uh, NJP as it's typically referred to, from the UCMJ. 
U.S. Code of Military Justice. That's right. Yes. And though that's something that is punishable and enforceable, an enforceably punishable crime in the military is to be insubordinate to your chain of command. Mm-hmm. So. God is saying, I asked you to do something because you are a part of something greater than what you understand. And you displayed insubordination to the order of authority that's been set over you. You rebelled against it and you defied God and rejected him. So the Lord said, because you rejected me, I'm rejecting you. But mm-hmm. to Christ who honored the father, who, and the, the, the importance of him saying, um, and back to Philippians chapter two, that Uh, It's not robbery to be equal with God, meaning he was equal with God already. He's just as much God Mm -hmm. as the father, yet he willingly humbled himself. He didn't grasp at that equality. He didn't fight and hold on to it and go, no, why don't you go, father? I'm just as God much God as you are. I got an opinion and a voice and I got things I need to say too. I want to sit up here. And and I'm a warrior and I taught all these other people how to fight and train their forces. And I can just go conquer this right now. Exactly. He did not deviate from the plan. He did not usurp the plan. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that insubordination tries to do is to usurp the plan of God. It says, I have a better way. Exactly, which is usurping. Exactly. So the Lord does not take to that kindly. And you notice in this scenario here, or the, the life example of Saul, he took something that God had said was holy. God was the one who ordained the sacrifice. I mean, even back to mm-hmm. Adam and woman in the garden, when they sinned, they initially covered themselves with fig leaves. But then Christ made tunics for them of skin. That meant he took it from some animals. So there was a sacrifice. So there was a sacrifice, and he taught them that. And then you see Cain and Abel reflecting it, mm-hmm. the understanding of sacrifice. And yes. Cain did not honor that fully. And you know we see what his outcome was. But God is the one who ordained sacrifice. But do do you see that Saul's evil heart towards the Lord, Mm -hmm. him thinking that my way is equal to your way, God, I can tweak it, your plan, because we're in this together. We're both God on this. Well, but there are also, you see the reasons why. How many times do we read just in this one chapter, Saul's profession of, uh, I mean, what he professed or Mm -hmm. confessed, come out god was not truly his god he was not Mm -hmm. his people that was not he had not made that choice fully before the lord that's why he says multiple times just in this chapter Mm -hmm. to serve the lord your god yes when he was talking to samuel multiple times he says it amen it was god was not saul's god that's right he there was no 100% 100% commitment. He was going to jump ship the moment it was convenient. But you see that here. He looked at it with his eyeballs and said, mm, that's the best of the land. That's the best of the sheep. That's the best of the oxen. I'm just going to keep that. I think it's good. I'm going to keep all the plunder, you know, the best of the plunder, the stuff that's trash. I'll go ahead and throw it away. Sure, God, I'll, I'll obey you in that. But I'm not going to follow you with my whole heart because, again, his desire was not to please the Lord, but it was the appearance that he was approved by God. And you see the same thing stated here that you do to the first Adam in the garden. Saul said, well, I listened, or I was afraid of the people, Mm -hmm. and I listened to them. What was Adam's excuse? The woman you gave me. (laughs) We blame the Lord and woman, but the Lord said very plainly, no, you listen to the voice of your wife. Mm-hmm. not the Lord's voice. Mm-hmm. So you see that this, the 
Sin nature looks the same everywhere. That's right. And there's thousands of years between these two individuals mm-hmm. and then thousands of years between Saul, uh, King Saul and Christ. But thankfully, last Adam got it correctly, and we are going to follow his suit Amen. So, and the, the pattern that he set. So remember this. It's not okay to substitute your will for his will and being done. The, the Lord's prayer, ever. His prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is not a suggestion. They asked, Lord, how do we pray? And that meant, how do we carry ourselves as well? Mm -hmm. And the Lord told them, that's not a suggestion. That's not anything else but a direct alignment with, this is what we're working on. And Christ said multiple times, in the sum of the book, it's written of me. I've come to do your will, O Lord. I have food that you don't know of, talking to the disciples. And that is to do the will of the Father who sent me. He said multiple times, I'm not here for my own purposes. Not to seek my own, but to seek the will of the Father who sent me. So that is our perspective as well. And it's something that has to be practiced. It has to be meditated on so that you overturn the soulish part that wants to be its own God. Wants to make all the decisions, but then have God bail them out. That comes out of your soul, and it comes out of the soul that is so. So mind, will, and emotions. Yes, exactly. That comes out of sin nature. Mm-hmm. God gave us dominion, but not in a, our dominion is not to rule over God. It's to rule over the things that are beneath us, right? The fish of the sea, fowl of the air. Go back and read Genesis chapter one, and you can see where that dominion is exercised, and that includes the adversary, Satan, and wicked but, forces. But you and also all those see things. our role in this, right? We're told to take every thought captive to pull down every idea and vain imagination that this seeks to be this high and lofty thing mm-hmm. so why are we to pull those things down why are we to cap take them captive so we don't go outside mm-hmm. of the structure the chain of command mm-hmm. we'll start with chain of command the chain of command and the structure that the lord has set up for his end time army Amen. Glory to God. So Christ is the commander. We do what the commander says. It's, and God is okay if we have a question for the sake of understanding. He's not okay if we question him as though he is wrong or doesn't know what he's talking about or uh, is lacking in judgment. He's not okay with that kind of stuff. See, Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked God a question and Zechariah <laughs> questioned God. Um, John the Baptist's father. See the difference between those two examples. She just didn't understand the concept. Well, the Lord also gives us warning, even in the Proverbs. Woe to those that argue with the Lord. Now he does say in the scripture, Let, let's reason together. Let's mm-hmm. talk this out, right? Well, why? We're supposed to to be there with a heart that's willing and to be obe- willing and obedient to mm-hmm. the Lord. So we have to, he has all the wisdom, knowledge, and counsel. Who's counseled the Lord? But as we, even mm-hmm. when we prayed in the beginning, we also have to receive, get the understanding that goes along with that. Not so we can carry out our own plan, mm-hmm. but so we can carry out His plan. Amen. The power of God, the glory of God, the Holy Spirit is here to do the will of the Father. And help us as we do the will of the Father. Amen to that. Amen. So we're going to close out there. Um, take some time, like I said, go back to First Samuel chapter 15. Meditate on that. Read it with the Lord. Um, highlight, take notes so that you can see and understand this concept that Jesus is the, the commander and we follow the command of our head. And that is Christ.
Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your walk with Jesus Christ. Remember that we love you and we're praying for you and live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.